simpfy is becoming a thing. I know you're gonna educate me and tell me what a simp actually is. And if I am one, because I don't know David. Hey, Bankless Nation, happy third week of January. David, what time is it? Oh, it's the Friday Bankless Weekly Roll-Up, Ryan, where we roll up the entire week in crypto, which is always an ambitious endeavor. Yet, nonetheless, we persist onwards through uh, the gamut, the, the dark force that is crypto, uh, unpacking it and distilling it and summarizing a full entire week in crypto every single Friday morning. So grab your coffee because we're going to get after it starting right now. On the journey west, on the road to Mount Doom, throwing a ring of fire away. <laughs> oh, God, that's doing, Guys, <laughs> topics this week, Facebook and Instagram adding NFTs. We thought they'd do it. Every social media platform joining the NFT army. Microsoft buying Activision, Blizzard, for $69 billion. I don't know if that's a mean nice. number, David. Or Okay. Olympus has fallen. The uh -oh. story of Olympus Dow and uh, OHM price crash. We're going to dig into that. Also, USDC finally flippened Tether. We've been predicting that for like two or three years. It's finally happening, so it's good to see. Uh, SimpFi is becoming a thing. Okay, Simfi. we're gonna talk about the story yeah. of Irene mm -hmm. Dow. That happened last weekend. I was barely paying attention, but I know you're gonna educate me and tell me what a simp actually is. And if I am do one, because I don't know is, David. Ryan? You don't know what no, a simp is? I, I kind of do. Okay. I, do I, know, I know what a simp is, okay? But I still wanna oh, hear yeah, you I tell me what it is. Saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, uh, this is gonna be a lot of fun. Hope you're hanging with us. Before we get into the markets, we should talk about IRAs, okay? Specifically, Alto IRA. Uh, my big question is, do you have a crypto IRA? Do you? All right, this is like, this is a crypto dad question. Do you, David? You should. Uh, I've, I've had one of these the ever since I got into crypto. I know, you need to get one right <laughs> now. Do. This is I like, need to get one. okay, this is my message. This is my pitch for David. Okay. It's not for anyone else listening to Bankless. <laughs> We're doing it um, live. <laughs> first of all, mm -hmm. it's super easy, okay? But, but here's why I love IRAs, 401ks. It's because it's the only way to do crypto with none of the taxes, okay? Ah. So every time you make a trade, you have to, if there's a cop, capital gains tax, or let's say you start staking, all right? Like the income you received, you pay taxes as income on that. Inside of a crypto IRA, you don't have to pay taxes. All right, David? Now, the, the flip side is you can't touch the money without a penalty until you're older, but like you could just set aside $6,000 in something called a Roth IRA this year. It's all in crypto. You can set it up in like a few minutes. This Alto IRA solution is kind of an easy button for that. So it's already integrated with Coinbase. You have a Coinbase account as easy as that. And you never have to pay taxes on the thing. Wait, you also, have to pay taxes on crypto? Sir, yes. <laughs> okay. Now I'm getting worried about you. In your regular accounts, you do. Uh, also, this is kind of the, uh, the advanced button here. But if you have a 401k from, from a previous employer, you know, that, that's been collecting, you've had it in stocks for a while, you can convert that, roll that over into an IRA 401k type format with, with Alto as well. So if you want to go all in crypto with your retirements accounts, um, you know, you're, you're skewing younger, you're going to use this money for a while, you want to buy and hold, this is the way to do it. And uh, Alto IRA has the easy button. They're integrated with Coinbase, 125 different assets so the things that are trading on coinbase are the things you can invest in with this um only 10 wait is it minimums of ten dollars mm. with alto ira as well so you can get started small
So did I convince you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've been convinced by your presence uh, a while ago. But for for <laughs> back in, when, when I got into crypto, I started with mining. Uh, I did not know that you had to pay taxes in in crypto. That is a true thing yes. in 2017 and 2018. I just did not know that. Uh, and uh, so for those of you who are not paying attention to our taxes, let me tell you, you want to get started on that basically as soon as possible. Just think of yourself as an employee of your future self and do your future self, your future boss self a favor and man, get your taxes in order now because if you don't, it just, it, gets, it just gets worse. It just gets worse. It does. Yeah. Well, David may be speaking from experience there, but you're all taken care of now, <laughs> yes, right? You figure it out. In this account, though, you don't have to worry about any of that. And that's a reason to open it up while you're thinking about your taxes. So go to altoira.com slash bankless. You can find out more about that. Okay, David, let's talk about the charts, market time, Bitcoin. What are we at in the week? Uh, happy day today, flat week on the week. We started the week at $44,000, hit a low of $41,500. And we have, uh, since uh, starting to, uh, this recording today on Thursday, we have climbed up to back above $43,000, but still just down 1% on the week. So a very marginally down week after a big oof week last week. Let's look at the one month. Okay, we're still down, obviously, yeah, in the one, one month. month. Hasn't Ooh, been three, a good three months isn't going to look good either, Ryan. <laughs> I don't Keep on zooming it. out. Ooh, How about bad. year to date? Ooh, also bad. Yeah, year for to Bitcoin. date, bad. One year? Wow. Well, wait, okay, yeah, that's because year, year to date is January. I forgot about that. Um, I can't believe this. So, so uh, on the on the one year mm -hmm. time year time horizon, it, Bitcoin kind of looks like a crab, doesn't it? It, it was a big crab year. Uh, slightly up, slightly up though. Started the, started the year one year time frame started at thirty five thousand dollars, and we are currently at forty three thousand dollars. Kind of disappointing, Bitcoin though. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Let's talk about ETH now. What's ETH on the week first? Yeah, Ether down on the week, down three percent on the week, a little bit more down than Bitcoin. Started the week at thirty four thousand uh, three hundred uh, three thousand four hundred dollars. Excuse me. Uh, hit a low of like roughly three thousand fifty ish dollars. Uh, and it has since resurged back up to $3,220, uh, down 3%. Let's do the same thing. One month, uh -oh. oof, ooh, down. Oof, oof. Three, Three months, months. Oof. also Big down. Year-to-date, we'll skip that. But the one year, ooh, up. Looking good. Look, really, really good. Yeah, so like roughly $1,200 one year ago and uh, currently at $3,200. Um, just, yeah, just since November, just bad, bad feels, bad feels. Okay, what's interesting about this cycle is it's not playing out like previous cycles, is it? Yeah. It's yeah. a little bit different. Uh -huh. This is its own thing. I, I think in crypto, we've been trained to expect like a four -year complete... Cycles. Yeah, yeah four-year cycles and sort of let, let's... We're doing the same thing in 2017, 2018, but this is playing out much differently. How do you think it plays out overall? Where do you think it's going? Uh, the one that the way that everyone is confused and we keep on talking about it every single week. <laughs> the maximum <laughs> confusion is how it plays out. Um, it's just unpredictable. Unpredictable. That's what you're saying. Yeah, but no more four-year cycles. Uh, I never really was convinced that these four-year cycles were dependent on the Bitcoin happening. The Bitcoiners will definitely tell you that the four-year crypto cycles had to do with the Bitcoin happening. I kind of think that was, I think there's plenty of rationale to say that that was a coincidence. I think I talked about this last week. Um, but isn't that, isn't that, isn't that just because like, um, you know, Bitcoin percentage of total market cap in crypto used to be so much higher. I mean, there was a time where it was 90, yes. 95%, yes. right? Now but it's even, down into the 30s. I, I even, I would even claim that Bitcoin going up in price had led, uh, less to do with the timing of the happenings. Um, but I'm not, a yeah. big, I'm not deep in the weeds on Bitcoin on that one. 
Okay, we don't know the cycles. Just buy and hold for the long run. You don't have to worry about the cycles. Uh, let's look at the ETH Bitcoin chart here. Mm -hmm. Slightly we down on the week. We started last week at 0 0.076. We are down to 0 0.075. I would really like that 0 0.08 number, but I'm not really going to complain too much about 0 0.075 either. We'll see what, what happens. Like the big catalyst for uh, Ether this year is the merge, right? Mm -hmm. Bitcoin doesn't really have any catalysts this year. So Bitcoin, I, I would expect this to change. Bitcoin has zero catalysts. Change, right? Never. It doesn't. I mean, <laughs> next the, happening is uh, next happening is two years away still, 2024. Yes. Yes. I think. Yeah. I guess mm -hmm. that's the next big event that happens from a supply mm -hmm. uh, perspective. All right. The bed index, Bitcoin, ETH, and DeFi. What are we looking at on the week? Down, I think, half a percent on the week. Start of the week at $128. We are currently down uh, to $123. Uh, so down half a percent-ish, give or take. There you go. Down half a percent. Doing the crab thing. A little down on the on the year for sure. Uh, David, let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. Josh Stark wrote a blog post with Evan Van Ness, and they write this every year. I've, I've read it every year since as far back as I, I can remember in Ethereum. And it's, it's entitled The Year in Ethereum 2021. So this is sort of a summation of some big things that happened on the Ethereum network. And I, I want to draw a few of these out. Um, the first is this. Look at this, David. Total wow. transaction fees 2021. You want to read this out? What are we looking at? Yeah, uh, in billions of dollars, $9.9 .9 billion in transaction fees in 2021 out of the Ethereum network. Um, Clocking in, in at second is Bitcoin at just over $1 billion. So Ethereum doing 10x the transactional volume, uh, implying that there is 10x the demand to buy Ethereum block space in throughout 2021. Um, followed by, after Bitcoin, uh, one billion, Bitcoin's $1 billion fees in revenue in 2021, followed by Binance Smart Chain clocking in at $0.9 billion. Uh, and then after that, we have Avalanche at $0.04 billion and Solana at $0.026 billion and Cardano at $0.008 billion. Uh, so yep. that's where the demand is. Uh, that's transaction fees. Uh, you can look at another view of it um, by 2021 where you bring in all the DeFi apps. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that Ethereum's number one in transaction fees. Uniswap is actually number two. It mm -hmm. even beats out Bitcoin. So an app on Ethereum is, is larger. Um, but this, this was really cool to me. When you start to compare this with traditional finance and you look at how many fees, the, the revenues of Visa last year, which were $24 billion. That's the revenue of Visa. And uh, Ethereum was 9.9 .9 billion, okay? And it finishes out ahead of Stripe, which was 7.4 billion. So Ethereum now doing more transaction fees and revenue than, than uh, Stripe, and it's creeping up on Visa as well. Uh, another way to view this is total transaction volume, mm -hmm. okay? So this is the amount of value settled on the Ethereum network. Ethereum actually surpassed Visa in 2021. So it settled $11.6 trillion. This is, of course, all of the ETH that gets transferred from address to address. This is also all the stable coins, all the ERC-20s. If you add up all of that value, all the tokens, everything, if you add that up and compare that to Visa, the Ethereum network is now settling more value than Visa. And uh, that's quite astounding to me. It's like, mm -hmm. can you believe that we're actually surpassing Visa on that uh, on that on that uh, metric, yeah, that's it's a really it's a great benchmark, and it's one of those benchmarks where like okay, that should have that's just like normal. 
And like, because Ethereum should be like 10X because Visa is just one company, right? There's just one payments network. Ethereum is a payment network of payment networks, right? Uh, and so uh, like, this is now where the game finally starts in my opinion. And like, it wasn't to get to this point. Like this is where we go from here is really the starting pistol here. What's the market cap of Visa? I think like last time I checked is like 400, million, uh, 400 billion or 500 billion or something like that. So comparable to uh, Ethereum in terms of market billion. cap. 450 billion, what's ETH hanging out around about that the range same. too, right? About the same, About yeah. the same. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and then Ethereum surpassing Visa and also just growing right. uh, so much faster with so much more potential. And, right. and it, yeah. that's just transactional volume, which is to say nothing about Ether as a bond or Ether as collateral. Like that's just payment volume. It's funny. We talk about the flippening and we often mean like obviously Ether flippening Bitcoin, right. but like at some level, I'm more excited about stuff like this. Like right. We just flipped in Visa last yeah. year. Can we flip the world, please? <laughs> uh, Speaking of flippings. 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 What's this flippening? USDC versus Tether supply. Tether, the king stablecoin that has been around forever, the first real stablecoin that got real adoption, finally gets flipped by USDC. I feel like there was a number of predictions uh, by this throughout 2019, throughout 2020, throughout 2021. Tether was gonna die, do you remember yeah, this? Finally took 2022 for something to dethrone Tether as the leading supply of stablecoin, which is to say nothing about how massive Tether is. Tether's also growing up in supply. It's just gotten outpaced by USDC. Uh, there is now over 40 billion USDC in existence and there's only just under 40 billion Tether. Uh, and so congratulations to Circle, congratulations to, to uh, USDC for having that stablecoin supply. Um, we, we, you love to see it. Uh, and this is just what happens when like stablecoins, like asset dollar-backed stablecoins have to play nice with nation states. Tether did not play nice with nation states. USDC did play nice with nation states. Uh, so like no surprise to see all the tailwinds being captured by USDC. Yeah, Tether's always been sort of a mystery box. Like we're not really sure yeah. what it's backed by and USDC is is more, you know, traditionally regulated and you kind of need to be when you're backed by dollars in a bank account somewhere or hopefully you are. Um What's this metric? This is from Ryan Watkins. It's comparing mm -hmm. Uniswap versus Curve. What are we looking at here, David? Yeah, we're looking at uh, like market share of stablecoin volumes between Uniswap versus Curve. And what we are seeing is Uniswap V3 really starting to eat into Curve's uh, market share. So more and more volume of stablecoin going into uh, Uniswap. I was actually hanging out with someone last night uh, who actually kind of had a critique on this chart saying that there was a significant amount of volume being missed out of this chart. So this might actually not be accurate. Uh, and Like curve I'm, volume missed or curve, just overall that A lot volume. of curve, curve volume just, just that just wasn't included. Um, I don't uh -huh. know what's true, but I'm going to find out, Ryan, on next week's show that we're doing called the curve wars where we're bringing ah. a curve expert on to talk all about curve and i will verify this data with him uh, as to whether it is accurate or not but if it is accurate then uniswap v3 really eating either way uniswap v3 stablecoin volume is going up up through the roof um it's just a matter of like maybe curves also doing that too um we'll find there's out. also a there's also a story i think about the fee market here. So part of the volume rise on Uniswap for stablecoins is of course the release of uh, Uniswap V3, but also two months ago, it just introduced a um, one basis point fee tier. It had previously been a lot higher. So who benefits from the curve in Uniswap wars? The consumer, lower transaction fees. That's a beautiful thing. Um, let's talk about this, David. So this is a, 
Olympus has fallen. Olympus, Olympus has Dow. fallen, yeah. Mm -hmm. Slide continues. So this is a headline in the block. OHM market cap is down nearly 80% from its all-time high. 80% down. That's that feels a, like a that pretty steep a, yeah. decline. A big oof decline. That's a big <laughs> oof is what, is what we call that. So Okay, well, what's going on? Why? What's yeah, happening? So, well, just for just for context, for reference, the market cap of Olympus Dow peaked on November 23rd at $4.3 billion. It is currently at $1 billion. So we've lost 75 to 80% of the total volume. Uh, volume. Uh, and what happened? Um, well, I mean, at the end of the day, what happened is people sold. Like, people sold and number went down. Uh, and I think there, and one of the reasons why it went down so much was because um, my, uh, I think a very rational theory, and this is it got pulled apart by Cyrus Unessi in this great tweet thread. One of the reasons why it went down so much was it because it went up so much. And one of the reasons why it went up so much is because of this meme out of Olympus Dow, the 3-3 meme, which uh, is a reference to a, a game theory outcomes matrice. Uh, and so you have possible actions that two people can take. And this is like a prisoner's dilemma. Basically all theories and game theories and extrapolation of pr the prisoner's dilemma. So you can stake your own, you can bond your own, or you can sell your own. And if you sell your own, that's like a, a negative number. If you stake your own, that's a positive number. So they've given like arbitrary outputs. And the, the goal is to convince everyone to stake their own uh, instead of selling it. Because if, if uh, everyone stakes their own, then number goes up. And so there was this culture instilled out of Olympus Dow to put the three, the three comma three thing in your Twitter profile, talk about how like we're all gonna stake, like no one's gonna sell, we're all gonna stake together. And that's what made the token price go up. Uh, and I mean, sure, yeah, when you convince you, you and all your friends to, to stake and also instill a staking culture, like, well then there's no one selling. And so, and so number goes up. The problem with that is that people, and so a lot of like OMIs, OMIs are what they called, got really, really wealthy because the, the price went absolutely bonkers. Uh, just a year ago, the price of uh, OM was, or the market cap of OM was $50 million in June of 2021 before it goes to $4 billion in November. And that's because this meme worked. Everyone was like, yo, if we all stake OM, uh, we're all gonna get rich. The problem is, you can only be rich on paper like that. You can't actually be real rich because there isn't actually a long-term buying power, buying pressure, because it's mostly just a meme. Uh, and so what happens is like at some point, this, this is what a Ponzi game is. It's not a Ponzi scheme, it's a Ponzi game, but there's a, this culture of buying and not selling. And at some point that runs out. Some, at some point people want to take paper gains into real gains and then the culture of staking turns into a culture of selling and then we go for, uh, from, from where it was to where it is. The reason, and so there was a bunch of like marketing around Ohm about how it's like this grand uh, new central bank design and Cyrus Unessi put a tweet, uh, tweet thread together that really explained it in different terms where it's mostly just, uh, Ohm, the Olympus Dow model is mostly just a hedge fund. Uh, you put assets into the fund, they get yield on it. The, the value of the assets in the treasury goes up, but the value of the market cap of the Ohm token far, far out exceeded the market cap of the value of the assets in the treasury. So it, it was like a kind of a fractional reserve bank uh, in, because like the, it was like a, I don't know what the ratio was. It was like five to one or 10 to one of value of the Ohm, which is a share of the treasury versus the actual value of the treasury. Uh, and so at some point, like the, the culture of staking just ran its course and people turned from stakers to sellers. And now the value of the Ohm token is falling more closely in line with the actual reserves in the Ohm treasury. 
uh, more closely moving to a one-to-one -one ratio, kind of which is where you would expect an efficient market market to land anyways. So that's my, that's my summary of what's happened. Yeah, so like I, I guess I, um, I don't understand why people are so surprised at yeah. this, mm -hmm. is, is what I would say. It's because basically the way I break down what you just said and the way I break down Ohm is like there is some reserve asset that's backing this. So mm -hmm. it's a mix of dollars and ETH, right? And call that mm -hmm. the threshold value, kind of yeah. the utility value. Also LP and then tokens Ohm that are getting yield. Exactly. And then Ohm is trading uh, far above... Mm -hmm. the reserve asset value or the or the mm -hmm. book value you might mm -hmm. call it and uh all of the rest of that value that's above the book value or the reserve value that's all like maybe you call that monetary premium or maybe in the early stages of things you just call that meme premium, meme premium. right meme and premium. Let, let's let's be fair that has a real effect totally okay because like bitcoin the value of bitcoin is a hundred percent meme premium <laughs> yeah. okay a decent chunk of ether's value is also meme premium. Yeah. And there is the potential that you can bootstrap that meme pr premium, actually turn it into monetary premium, if you convince enough people that the thing you have is money. And this was the path that, that Ohm has been down, which is saying, hey, this is a new approach to money. Just like Ether, just like Bitcoin, we've got an approach, it's called Ohm, and this can be a global reserve money. This can be a central bank, has been the comparison, okay? well. From time to time, that theory gets tested. Just like Bitcoin's been off 80%, mm -hmm. it's been off 90%, right? It's been through the fires of people saying Bitcoin's dead, um, like the monetary premium evaporates in Bitcoin. Many of these bear cycles, that has been the case. Now, now it's happening to Ohm. And so long-term, is Ohm a money or not? Well, you have to come to your own conclusion. If it is a money, it deserves some monetary premium. If it isn't, then it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And the market is in the process of figuring this out. What I don't understand is why people are so surprised, right? Because <laughs> right. like, I thought you knew the game we're playing, <laughs> yeah. guys, right? This is, as you said, like Bitcoin and like Ether to some level, this is a Ponzi game. It's not a scheme, not a scheme. because no one can rug pull you. It's right. fully transparent. Mm -hmm. You can actually see everything that's backing Ohm. No one has rug pulled anyone else. But that, that Delta that you're playing with, like that, you know, that pyramid game, if like, um, if we all hold together, then right. we're good. But if we all sell together, we're going down. Um, that prisoner's dilemma, that can that can quite easily happen. And this is just a case of, of that happening. I don't think it's the end of Ohm at all. I don't think it's the end of the um, the, the mechanic mm -hmm. of totally. Ohm, the, the way it works, right? And this whole protocol-owned liquidity um, trend, I think that's totally here to stay. But um, it, it'll have to rebuild. And it might rebuild with a new set of narratives. I'm not sure, or um, or maybe they'll try another round at, at becoming a you know a money. Maybe that's not dead either. Um, yeah, and exactly, there's a reason why Ohm, the Olympus Dow model, got forked like a thousand times. There's like a thousand forks out there because the model works. It's, cool. it's just like they, it just got out over its ski tips with the whole like staking culture, the three three culture, and now we're back down to reality. There's a big fat reality check. A lot of people lost a lot of money. Sad. Sorry about that. Uh, me, me too, by the way, uh, I was in Ohm, um, uh, but I'm, I'm not complaining because like, that's what you get when you you're play playing the game, playing the you're game, playing the, you're playing the game. You, and the thing is like, the game you're playing. The, this is one of those things where like, this was Ohm's first big, like, uh, like, you know, run up in price and then like kind of collapse back down to reality after it got forked a bajillion times. And like, to me, that kind of feels like the first time where, you know, Bitcoin had its proof of work 
fair launch fork phenomenon where Bitcoin yep. got forked a thousand Litecoin. times, then it pumped and had its first yep. crash, and then it went back down to reality, and then it had a bear market for four years, and then it came back. So yeah. like the next story for Ohm is, does it come back? And no exactly. one knows the answer to that question, but if you think it comes back, like it's at a much lower price now. This is where the, the like, does Olympus Dow but, have a community of people that are convicted on it, exactly. not just uh, trying to do the whole 3-3 three, 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 three thing? It's all, it's all about the community. It's mm -hmm. all about the community of holders. And also the question is, will it keep falling? Because it could right. continue to fall. I don't right. think it's quite at its reserve price right now. Yeah. I haven't looked into this, but I, I think it still could go a ways eating and eroding into that monetary premium. So do you want to play the game now, David? Yeah. Right? I, That's a question. Kinda, it's a question I, I for everyone. I kind of want to play the game. I kind of want to play the game. <laughs> well, that's the game we're playing here. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about looks, mm -hmm. playing a different game, playing the uh, NFT marketplace game, Vampire Attack, OpenSea. We just talked about that last week. It's just a baby, man. It's like a mm -hmm. week old and uh, it's doing things. It so is let's look at the price. Crushing it in price. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's starting to accelerate to a point where I'm a little bit nervous about its acceleration. Uh, I, Why? I, Why do you think it's accelerating? What's happening here? Well, I there is a, a decent amount of volume going through looks. And so there's a lot of NFT trading happening on the looks platform because of this token and this token that's going up in price. They are uh, they are paying for trades, basically. So if you trade your NFTs, you get look looks token rewards. And as that token goes up in price, like you have more and more incentive to trade NFTs on looks. They're paying you to trade. Uh, so there's a lot of wash trading that's happening. So kind of like in the same way that like yield farming was just like the same people like leveraging up their yields and like it wasn't really true TVL because of the incentivized bootstrapping, but that's what happens with a token. Uh, and so we have two graphs here. Let's go back up to the first one that you already showed. Like looks rare is killing, crushing OpenSea in terms of volume. And that's again, that's because of the, the token incentives. But then if you go down to the second chart, uh, the actually number of users versus OpenSea is like just nothing. Like it's, I think OpenSea's got maybe 20X the, the number of users. But the token is pumping in price because of all this wash trading that's happening because people want to get the tokens. Looks, the thing I really, really, really like about the Looks platform is that it sends Ether towards the token owners. And so I've been staking my airdrop that I got, and I've gotten like half an Ether off of my airdrop just by and staking it. And that Ether is coming from transaction fees. Right. So in OpenSea's case, it takes what is 2 it? 2.5%. Uh, 2.5%. In Looks' case, it takes 2%. Mm -hmm. But the Looks platform is sharing that 2% with those who stake looks token, mm. whereas OpenSea is keeping it as part of its revenue, part of its traditional business model. Exactly, giving it back towards the token owners. And I've I've always like, when I've, I've had my thesis is that I want as much ETH as possible, but I will also sell my ETH for tokens that pay me an that ETH. That give you more ETH? That give me more ETH. And, <laughs> and that has always been my, my game plan for ERC20 token investment. And this is the first token that is actually spewing out ETH. Uh, and so, yeah. like, it's kind of hard not, it's not, real not to. Like, it's real it's ETH. Like, it's real ETH. It's real cash flows. Mm -hmm. Now, you could you could say that that is going to evaporate totally. once the token incentives, but but it's still real ETH. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a real business model, tokenized business model. The the interesting question, I think, or the question that's in for the space is, OpenSea, of course, didn't go this route, and mm -hmm. we've talked to Devin Finster on the podcast about why they didn't go this route. Um, part of the probably the unspoken reason is the SEC. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's why we don't get token airdrops in the US. That's why many of these companies are not tokenizing uh, earlier in the process. And so they're, they're keeping it private. Um, there's probably other reasons for that. But uh, the big question is, does this push OpenSea or force their hand into doing something for its users? Mm -hmm. 
releasing a token, maybe doing something else. I don't know. That's what happened with Uniswap. But Uniswap was, of course, was in a, a much different right. state. Right. They were Uniswap a bit more, is straight um, up DeFi, where OpenSea's it's a little hybrid. Exactly. So, what do you think? What odds do you give that of yeah. when Uniswap token? I actually have a lot of thoughts about this, and I actually think we should take the time to, to unpack that. Uh, OpenSea is not going to do a token. It's not going to happen. You're, are you certain about that? What kind I, of? I don't have insider information. I have uh, body language and cues that I have picked up on. Um, so nothing, nothing concrete, um, but it, here, here's my rationale. There are zero OpenSea investors that are disappointed currently in its current state. There are zero OpenSea founders and employees that are disappointed with OpenSea in its current state. Everyone is, OpenSea is a perfect success for everyone involved. Uh, and they also have the eye of Sauron on them. The SEC is looking at them. All the regulators are looking at them. The world is looking at OpenSea because OpenSea represents NFTs. And so they cannot do a token because that's going to be legally and compliantly dubious and they represent us. And so they have to be sparkly clean and they need to bend the knee to the nation state and say, yes, we are a public company. We're going to be regulated by you guys. We're going to, we're going to play nice. And that is that they are doing that to protect the whole entire industry by not doing something like like SEC securities dubiousness and create some sort of like, imagine how bad that would be if OpenSea, the thing that basically represents all of NFTs, has to go to court with the SEC. We don't want that for the industry. And so they have to play the role of Coinbase, right? Yes, they have to play the role uh, which, of Coinbase. Which opens the opportunity for a Binance, yes, who's a bit exactly. more fast and exactly. loose. Which is maybe what looks is. They're the mm -hmm. Binance to, you know, uh, OpenSea's Coinbase. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Uh, and so I tip the tip of the hat to to OpenSea. They've gotten a ton of flack from users lately, just about being out of touch with what the users want. And they're not. They know exactly. They're very in tune with what the users want. They are just hamstrung by compliance by regulation, as we have seen a thousand times before. Coinbase is the same thing. They're just a they've grew really, really big, really, really quickly, as did the industry. And now their number one goal is to not f anything up. Uh, and I thank them for that strategy. I think it's the right and responsible strategy. And also that leaves room for things like looks tokens. Which, it's all good. It's, 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 it's all, all good. good. It's great. It's just like, yeah, yeah, we have like rough spots, but like, yo, like we're they're, they're leaving the door open for a truly decentralized, truly protocolized version of an NFT marketplace. And I think that's going to be fantastic. Yeah, as do I. And, uh, you know, I'm glad we get to let both of these experiments mm -hmm. play out in, uh, you know, in, in, in parallel. Totally. Um, let's move on. OpenSea is still crushing it in terms of their sales volume. Yeah. So January 2022 is the highest sales volume month ever. Ever. It was just, this happened with Sushi and Uniswap too. Remember when uh, Sushi came on the scene? Uniswap's mm -hmm. vo volume spiked. So it was like, um, you, you know, the... Um, you sushi actually helped uniswap achieve more value rather than than sucking it uh, away um let's keep moving uh one other thing with OpenSea actually this week lots of that, OpenSea uh, stuff. maybe we'll talk a little bit about is dharma was just acquired by OpenSea. so dharma is a DeFi smart contract wallet uh it's a great way to get onboarded they were just acquired by OpenSea. what do you think the reason for this acquisition is now by the way we predict obviously like OpenSea has raised so much money their last raise a month ago two months ago david was this 300 something million dollars right. okay it's the numbers are getting so large i can't yeah. remember they can't hire enough they don't need yeah. right 330 
you know, million dollars worth of employees. So of course, what are they going to do? They're going to start acquiring. This was their first acquisition. Why do you think they acquired Dharma? Uh, fiat on ramps. That's why. They, they, fiat on ramps. Right, they want to uh, use Dharma to allow users to just buy directly through the Dharma, through Dharma, whatever they've got, um, without having to like, you know, have uh, maybe maybe a custodial wallet or non-custodial wallet, just an easier on-ramp to buying NFTs. That's why they're doing it. I have a um, kind of mixed, I, th I think that's probably right. And of course they have to compete against Coinbase who's launching their NFT marketplace uh, fairly soon. Coinbase already has fiat on-ramps totally locked down. I'm, I'm personally a little bit disappointed uh, from a you know, Dharma perspective because I really like their smart contract wallet and they're basically, kind of shutting it down, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. if you are a Dharma user, there's they're giving you like 30 days to move your funds out. Now, I think they're helping with the migration process. Uh, I you know I think their support team is is uh, handling this as best they can, but it is at the same time, it's pretty disappointing that we yeah. lose a, a stellar DeFi wallet in the space, but maybe it gets rebirthed mm -hmm. in OpenSea in some way that's, that's actually uh, better for users. So I'm also, I guess, preserving the benefit of the doubt and, and seeing what happens with that integration. Uh, anyway, OpenSea making big moves. This wallet mm -hmm. acquisition is yet another one. This industry is getting really interesting. Yeah, and also congratulations to the Dharma team because they have been grinding since as long as I can remember. Uh, totally. For those that don't know, Dharma has gone through a number of pivots. Dharma used- Do you remember when they were a peer-to-peer -peer loan a platform? a peer-to-peer lending platform, like, <laughs> yes. like Compound, but instead of user to contract, like how Compound is, it was user to user. And so you yep. would be individually matched and set your individual rates uh, with your with your assets. And you would generate like individual agreements with individual people about like loans, which was yep. just like, you know, way too much, like way too laborious. It was like a little bit skeuomorphic. They totally got just like, Compound was the, uh, the actual successful model. Uh, and so then they pivoted into uh, being a layer, a yield application, getting yield on top of Compound. And then they pivoted into Fiat on-ramps uh, straight into L2s, which is great. We're connecting to your bank account, which is fantastic. DeFi wallet. DeFi wallet. And wallet. then boom, yep. they get acquired by OpenSea. So Nadav has this, the, the CEO of, of uh, Dharma has been, been the CTO, right? Is now going to be the CTO of, uh, of OpenSea. So maybe this is also an aqua hire type thing. Uh, but like congratulations, Nadav and Brendan from Dharma and all the Dharma team, because you guys have been grinding all the way through thick and thin through the bear market. Uh, I'm glad you guys have landed in good hands. So congrats to you. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that's a lesson too. I mean, you just keep heads down building. Something good will come of it <laughs> eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, guys, we will be right back with some other releases of the week. But before we do, we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible. So you've got some money, but how are you going to use it? You, me, shopping now, bro. You want to spend when you know you should be saving. You'll never buy a house at this rate. But what if you could spend and save at the same time? For the enlightened kind with inquiring minds, a new world awaits. Set yourself free with completely flexible self-repaying loan technology. Supported on desktop and mobile, seize the power of Alchemix, allowing you to spend and save at the same time. Leverage your wealth without the risk of liquidation. Take out a loan that repays itself. By using yield from your deposit to pay off your balance, your only debt is time. What was once inconceivable is now within your grasp. Are you winning some?
If you're going bankless, you need MetaMask. This is your tool to unlock the world of DeFi without giving up custody over your private keys. MetaMask is both a secure in-browser wallet and also a secure bridge for your hardware wallet. You can now trade tokens on any DEX or aggregator. MetaMask Swap gathers real-time pricing information across all the DeFi exchanges, allowing you to select your best price while getting all the MetaMask benefits of self-custody, lower gas costs, and increased transaction success rates. MetaMask also has a fantastic mobile wallet that I use when I'm out and about which I use to collect POAPs, NFTs, and do all my DeFi things while I'm away from home. If you haven't downloaded MetaMask, you gotta try it out. Web3 wouldn't be the same without it. Download MetaMask for desktop and mobile at metamask.io and load up your Trezor, Ledger, Lattice, or Keystone hardware wallets so that they too can get into the world of Web3. Living a bankless life requires taking control of your own private keys. Not your keys, not your crypto. That's why so many in the bankless nation already have their Ledger hardware wallet. But the Ledger ecosystem is much more than just a secure hardware wallet. Ledger is the combination of the Ledger hardware wallet, the Ledger Live app, and soon the CL Crypto Life card powered by Ledger. The CL card powered by Ledger is a crypto debit card with powerful features like an instant exchange to fiat, where crypto assets are only sold at the moment that you swipe your card, and also credit from crypto collateral, where you can collateralize your crypto assets in order to get a higher credit limit. You'll be able to manage your CL card powered by Ledger inside the Ledger Live app, right next to all the DeFi apps and services that you're already used to using, making the Ledger Live app your one-stop shop for all of your financial needs. Go to ledger.com, grab a Ledger, and download Ledger Live to get all of your DeFi applications all in one place. Hey guys, we are back talking about the releases of the week. Let's start with this one. Polygon just released their own version of EIP 1559, this fee-burning mechanism that's been so popular on Ethereum. What's happening here, David? Yeah, so the Polygon network is uh, congested. It's filled. That's what happens when like there's demand for stuff. And so they are uh, implementing EIP-1559 to take advantage of in-demand block space. Uh, and so now uh, the Matic token is getting burned as a function of the demand for block space on Polygon. Uh, and we know EIP-1559 has worked fantastically on Ethereum for many, many reasons. Uh, and why not just implement it on Polygon? Uh, so that's what's happening. A much clearer link between the asset and the, um, I guess, the utility of block space, where previously the, that wasn't as clear. So you're kind of enshrining the mm -hmm. asset and giving it a mm -hmm. sacred place in the ecosystem. And that means as block space demand increases, then scarcity of Matic uh, decreases, right? Which is a good thing, assumedly, for price. And that's mm -hmm. the effect that it's having on Ethereum. I think it's, all chains really will take a similar path. Like this mechanism to, is just yeah. too good not to implement. Yeah, no, it's universally an accepted mechanism. And and interestingly, it was EIP-1559 was actually implemented on other chains before Ethereum was able to get to it because Ethereum yeah, mo right. moved a lot more cautiously and slowly. Uh, it's also an interesting note to just know that like L2s are going to get congested too. Like everything's everything when you have supply, people are going to eat it up. Uh, L1s are going to get congested. We're already seeing Avalanche and Solana get congested. We're already seeing Polygon has been congested for a really long time. Uh, and so there's always going to be some sort of tension behind block, uh, block space supply and block space demand. Uh, and, uh, and while L2s are going to get congested, it'll still be cheaper. And the way that we solve for L2 congestion is just by like making more of them, which is great because we can have as many L2s as we want. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about some airdrops, David. This is really cool from Polymarket. So they just released, th this is a prediction market. Of course, they're, Polymarket is based on Polygon. They're deployed there. Um, but they just 
opened up prediction markets for OpenSea, MetaMask, Bored Apes, Zora, Phantom, a whole bunch more. And basically the question is, when are these platforms, when are these apps going to airdrop? All right, and so there could be a prediction market on this. If you look at MetaMask, there is now a 70% a probability that, no, sorry, a 30% probability that MetaMask will drop a, a MetaMask token by March 31st. Um, OpenSea, a 26% chance, okay? And this is according to prediction markets. Mm -hmm. uh, so people are, you know, the market is betting in one direction or another. And again, this is a specific time interval from, you know, um, now until March 31st, 2022. So uh, this is what the market is, is pricing the probability of these various airdrops uh, at. And I think this is a, you know, a great prediction market to have, especially for crypto, because everyone's curious. Like, what's the probability of an open sea drop? I just asked right. you, mm -hmm. and you said, like, you know, probably closer probably. to zero, right? Closer well, the zero, market yeah. is mm -hmm. sort of agreeing with you. It's it's only saying there's a seven, a twenty six percent chance that there will be an open sea airdrop in the next few months. Yeah, that's really really interesting. Are any of these uh, standing out to you as like really good deals? I have I have my eyes on one. Um, look at Dharma. I, I <laughs> that dropped all the way down. I'm Dharma's sure. Down I'm sure this zero. is a lot differently. Yeah. The, the, you, by you mean, the end of what March What do I think is, is mispriced? Yeah, what, what do you think is mispriced? Yeah. Uh -huh. I think by the end of March. MetaMask is... It's, I, I'm going to say that there's an 80% chance that MetaMask does a token, but by the end of March really actually kind of throws... That's what's throwing me. That's what throws, I, throws I feel like 80 off, to 90% yeah. this year, right? That yeah. MetaMask is going to do mm -hmm. a token. But yeah. I, um, I don't know if this will happen in this quarter. Mm -hmm. uh, I think things just take more time. But look at this. Board Ape Yacht Club, right? Uh, definitely doing it. Well, token, that's it because we, like. that's I, a, I feel like we, there's, it's, it's, they know it's that pretty much it's announced. Right, it's like, pretty it's much known. coming. Right, <laughs> these markets are efficient yeah. in that way. Okay. Anyway, it's cool to have that as a resource. Yep. That's on uh, Poly Market for you guys. I'll include a link to the show notes. Oh God, here we uh, go. Fendi, okay. Fendi is a, a brand, a purse brand. I, I you guess. know, a luxury brand not, of some sort. Not one that I okay. know. <laughs> they just released a tweet that says, "Powering the Web three revolution, uh, revolution with Ledger." And they created like this, this odd looking keychain that you could strap to a purse. It's a ledger carrying else. case. It's a to it, hold your ledger. It's a flashy way to hold your ledger, and you can like hook it onto your bag or your coat. Are or these something. people trying to get wrench attacks? Yeah. Like what? Did, what is the advantage of flashing a ledger around just, in just, public? Well, I mean, it's just not, we're just accessorizing our crypto stuff. Like it's <laughs> it's kind of crypto culture taking over. Uh, I mean, no one who's smart would actually take a real ledger and clip it to their, like maybe they have just a burner ledger. Like I have, I have ledgers that I don't use. Um, so I have like 50 of them. Uh, so like maybe they're just trying to flashy, be flashy about their ledger. Uh, but like, you know, actually before, uh, in 2015, 2016, in the very, very early days before ether, when ether was trading around five to $6, uh, I think at DevCon one or DevCon zero, like people were there like wearing their ledgers around their neck as like necklaces. No, really? Yeah. Yeah. Just because like there wasn't, it, no one was rich. No one was rich yet. Like and it wasn't yeah. an issue. It's, it's just you like people. steal my people, $500. Yeah. Right. It's like people needed like to just use assets just to like play with, play with Ethereum. Right. It wasn't about like you know, investment. It was just about playing. And then, and then Ethermoon didn't like that culture went away really, really, really fast. Um, but <laughs> this is just ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what I think about that. It's, it's, Why are we uh, talking funny. about this? Let's move on. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know what you're getting for for your birthday though next year. <laughs> 
Okay. I got uh, it. Now. Here's, I know what, it. Here's, here's what here's what comes next. Stats. David Michal, we use a number of his websites on the weekly roll up, the crypto stats, crypto fees, uh, you know, L L2 fees. We use his stuff all the time. He is uh, starting up crypto stats. Uh, which is, I think, just uh, uh, perhaps like the culmination of all of his different segregated websites, his fee websites. And so he is trying to produce, him and uh, the community that he's uh, bootstrapping is trying to produce a highly curated, highly accurate, normalized is the word that he's using, crypto uh, stats, uh, so that people like us can present on stats in a more... Uh, um, like formu formulized manner, like uh, we can actually start to like have a standard for these things. Uh, and so he's he's curating people in a Discord. If you want to go join the Discord and help the crypto stats community, we'll get a link in the show notes to put that Discord there. Um, but uh, basically, he wants to build out the like the Wikipedia for crypto data, is what he says. This is yeah, we, stuff we, here. We, you guys we have know, seen this yeah. on mm -hmm. rollups before. We love what they're doing, the tracking ETH yeah. burned, crypto fees. Mm -hmm. um, you know how much. Uh, yeah, transaction fees are all of these things. Um, this is cool to David. So mm -hmm. this is a new press release got covered by Bloomberg. Mm -hmm. What is this? Yeah, uh, Walter Bloomberg in his famous all caps tweet says Coinbase partners with Blockworks and Bankless. Ooh, that's us for DeFi <laughs> and Metaverse event called Permissionless. Uh, and so, of course, you guys have heard about this before. Permissionless happening May 17th to 19th in Palm Beach, Florida. This is where Ryan and I are going to be meeting for the first time. So that's going to be pretty cool because he decided to not go to ETH Denver. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, you got to get your tickets because tickets are up only. Uh, they are roughly in the 450-ish dollar range. They're going to go up in a couple weeks. They're going to go up a couple weeks after that, and they're going to go up to like two plus thousand dollars by the time the event rolls around. So get your tickets now. Um, Ryan and I are planning a bankless and beers satellite event uh, where we will mm. have beer and talk Do about not stuff. Miss. Yeah, don't miss that. That'll be that. awesome. Get yeah. bankless together all in one beer hall. It'll be uh, a lot of fun. Um, mm -hmm. Also, the news here is is partnering with Coinbase. Yes. On this oh yeah, too. I forgot so about Coinbase that. Is, uh, <laughs> the, the actual <laughs> announcement. That's why we got Bloomberg. It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't because of bankless data. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about this. Um, A16Z mm -hmm. on the raises front. They just raised another four point five billion dollars. Okay, A16 Chris Dixon. Uh, and company, of course, we've had him on the podcast a number of times. I'm sure they'll put that to good use in the Web3 world. Uh, this is another one. FTX, they just launched a $2 billion fund. This is with our, our friend Amy Wu, who's mm -hmm. been on the podcast. Mm -hmm. This is dedicated, I believe, to kind of the metaverse, crypto gaming area. So $4.5 billion from A16Z, another $2 billion for FTX. There's another $100 million from Mechanism Games. They just launched a fund focused on play-to-earn gaming. I guess all this to say, massive amount yeah. of money, in right. VC money, private funding coming into the space, showing no signs of stopping. All of kind of the angel deals and VC deals, all of these things are red hot at the moment, and the, uh, the money is flowing towards builders. Guess it good time to be building in the space. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. What what are your other takeaways from all of this? There's just an infinite bid for games, crypto games, and I I really truly hope that we aren't just like cloning Axie Infinity and spinning out fifty different clones like how how those like stupid arcade games that we see just get repurposed over and over and over again in the Web two world. Yeah. I, like I I I'm very very happy that 
billions of dollars are being funneled into building cool new games, like bullish on just fun. Like that's it's just a lot. It's at just the a same lot time. of money, right? Like how much true innovation can there really be? You don't yeah, you don't get to bootstrap meme innovation into existence with a bunch of money. Um, but just, there are going to be a bunch of games coming. We're going to be able to play yeah, a bunch of games. That's the good side. That's yeah. the good side. It's great to see this money flowing in the space. I I I I am kind of a sucker for the uh, bear market builders, though. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. like I feel like that's when the real work right, gets done right after all of the noise and the hype dies away the people who remain and they're continuing to build i mean that's how axie was built it was a bear market story bear market mm-hmm. uh game and they just soldiered through and a bunch of their peers died they kept going they built something great yeah. um so i'm still a sucker for the bear market but it's also good to see all of this infrastructure being built out that'll uh, lead to good things too mm-hmm. um Speaking of raises as well, last raise of the week, POAP just raised $10 million to accelerate their efforts. POAP badges, they are a thing. They are a cool thing. I know both of us collect many, have many of them. Many, many, many. Uh, Yeah, so what do you think they'll be doing with this capital? Oh, gosh, that's a, a really interesting question. Maybe we should get Patricio on to, to actually talk about it. They have a very long blog post about kind of the, their, their plans. But uh, there was this one take that we had on the weekly rollup a while ago about how POAPs are just digital tokens of memories. And so I'd like to see POAP kind of lean into that. Like, how do we more instantiate our, our real memories um, better? Uh, and so perhaps that's what, what they're going after, uh, as well as just like allowing people to increase their digital footprint for airdrops. Uh, POAPs are a great way to farm airdrops if people ever use them for whatever reason, um, because you can just like know who's exactly in your community. But uh, you know, community identifying is is really huge. Uh, who's actually you know, of course, who's been where, don't doing what. I got my first POAP in East Denver, 2019. I hold it very dear to my heart. I'm excited to get the 2021 one. Uh, it's coming up soon. Um, congratulations to P- Patricio because he's been grinding on POAPs ever since. Always believed in it. Um, and I'm also uh, very, very honored. Ryan and I both are uh, angel investors in this Seedron, uh, so we were part of this too. This is cool. This is a tweet we read out on POAP not too long ago. I am my collection and my collection is me. We're just, the the podcast coming out on Monday is really all about meaning in the metaverse. Mm -hmm. And I do think collecting things from various places you've been in the metaverse could be a key way to essentially find meaning, part of your digital identity in this uh, new world of crypto. And POAPs are certainly part of that story. Uh, Speaking of digital identity. Here we go. Finding your way in crypto. Do you have a job yet? Do you have a job? Do you have a crypto job? Mm-hmm. That's what we mean. Uh, yeah. You probably have a regular a job. job right? related to Ether and tokens and crypto and stuff <laughs> like that. You should have one. Mm-hmm. This could be the year. Guys, go to the Bankless Job Board. Check out some of the jobs. We'll just read a few out. Senior full stack engineer at Syndica, a data engineer at Paper Chain, a senior technical writer on the Ethereum Foundation team. That's writing in Geth uh, for the Geth client. Lead blockchain engineer, ThorSwap. There's a ton of others. We won't read them all, but go tune into bankless.palette.xyz slash jobs. Sign up, get these jobs delivered right to you and uh, get a job in crypto. Have you noticed how the list that Ryan has been reading out has gotten shorter and shorter and shorter? That's because we've gotten people jobs. So if you want to list your job, go to the jobs board and list your job because we are good at placing people. Yes, it works. Uh, guys, let's talk about news now. David, you want to start with Ethereum stuff? And we talked about this last week, which was, mm-hmm. it was sort of airdrop season between looks and this other uh-huh. token that was about to airdrop before we recorded fees.wtf. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, they've really lived up to their name with WTF because Ooh, like spicy. it's gone 
kind of it's been a strange airdrop to yes. say the least yeah. what's happened with this one yeah i'm gonna go ahead and just pat ourselves on the back because last week ryan we talked about two airdrops one was looks and the other one was uh wtf.fees and between you and i the, our consensus was that like okay we're gonna we're gonna hold the looks airdrop because that's interesting but we're gonna sell the wtf.fees airdrop and in hindsight the looks token has 2x and the fees.wtf airdrop was a complete mess uh so we got that one right uh there's a, a, a they charged they charged for the airdrop they charged 0.01 eth in order to register your address to get the airdrop uh and again once again what the hell is the token even for in the first place? WTF, WTF, guys. guys. Yeah, <laughs> like what the hell's going on? Uh, uh, Anthony Sotano had a quote in here that, uh, that is just very emblematic of who he is. Such a blatant cash grab. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you have to pay anything other than gas fees for an airdrop, right. It's not an airdrop. Right, yeah. All right, there's pro- You're there's just a problem selling with tokens. <laughs> That's not an airdrop. You're just selling Selling money. your ETH? <laughs> You just, but yeah, you're essentially buying tokens with ETH. Right. That's what you're doing. Yeah. A lot of other things went wrong with this. I have a confession to make, though, David. I actually didn't even take the time to claim this one. I have not claimed mine. I, either. Just, I don't even you know how much it's either? worth. Yeah, I don't even know how much it's worth. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's and now, now I'm just not, like, well, I got. I'm gonna go check how much I can get. Like, if I can get something, maybe, maybe I will. But like, maybe but I just the, don't do it out of protest. Like, this is dumb. The other thing is like, like the the claim button i mean you are um giving some signing authority to whatever yeah. you know website is is you know um you use to claim your tokens and and so i'm a little bit sketched out by that unless i know the reputation the pedigree like do i even want to bother um that that's another reason i didn't claim it other than that i'm just lazy and meanwhile uh, as of literally right now the looks token just broke through seven dollars i might be a little bit overexposed here (laughs) 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 david's bullish looks um let's talk about blacklisting for a minute this is a psa from a few weeks ago but i think the numbers were much smaller this time tether just blacklisted 160 million dollars worth of usdt okay this is another reminder USDT, Tether, USDC as well. This is not censorship-resistant money. Mm-hmm. These are tokenized representations of dollars in a bank account somewhere. USDC is basically like uh, a bank, a U.S. bank, abiding by all of the U.S. banking regulations on crypto rails. This is not what we mean when we say free, uncensorable money. They're useful. They're a means to an end. But uh, another reminder here with tether blacklisting 160 million dollars and i gotta ask what do they do with this money yeah like who gets that money (laughs) where does that go (laughs) they should implement a burn mechanism (laughs) eip 1559 for tether and just like you know give it back to tether holders yeah i mean i guess does tether just gets a pocket this money um i that can't be how it works right well how how else does it work like who gets the money I don't know. So they're freezing the representation of the tokens, uh-huh. right? The money, of course, is still in the, in the vault, right? So in the vault, uh-huh. and it's not actual dollars. Just some portion that are dollars. Right. It's treasuries and bonds and right. other things that are backing this thing. But I don't know. It would be to Tether's benefit, I right. suppose. There's to 100, freeze your funds. 160 million worth dollars worth of value that that Tether no longer has an outstanding liability for, which makes it an asset. So, like, well, who gets the asset? This can, just can leaves I me have with it? more questions, David. <laughs> I know a bunch of public goods that would love that money if anyone from Tether's listening. 
Well, I mean, they took it from somebody. Yeah. So who's the person they they took it from? Well, and probably why? a scammer or this. like somebody like doing like violating probably. OFAC re- regulations or something. Trust like that. Tether. Yeah. You have to trust Tether. Yeah. And they can freeze anyone's account for any reason. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's talk about this Ethereum client diversity stats not doing so well. Yes. This yes. is an area of improvement. For, first, let me say. Amazing that Ethereum actually has more than one client. Right. I no know, other, it's, it's like, no no other chain has more than right. one client. So you're already batting ahead. <laughs> right. But like the expectations for Ethereum are so much higher. It has like five, six mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. clients for ETH2. And right. this is the proportion. Uh, 68% of the ETH2 clients staking ETH in the beacon chain right now are doing so via Prism. Lighthouse, mm-hmm. number two with 22%. Tecu, 9.5%. Nimbus, 0.3%. Ideally, you'd love to see, I think Danny Ryan's like, I, I'd love to see, I don't know, probably perfect world, 25%, 25%, 25%, 25%, right. 25% something like right. this, or at least a third, a third, a third. No client having more than 33% of the network. That's not the case today. Yeah, and just just to, to emphasize why this is important, for example, if uh, there was this uh, quick history lesson. Here we go. The Shanghai D- DDoS attacks that happened in 2016. The reason uh, there was one client, I think it was Geth, uh, that got DDoSed and all Geth nodes stopped working. Ethereum stayed online because par- the parity nodes, the other client, uh, took took the weight of Ethereum. Saved uh, its the, ass. Sa- it saved, saved Ethereum. Its the, the multi-client design saved Ethereum. And this is there's there's been inflation bugs in Bitcoin, and because Bitcoin only has one client, that that turns into a catastrophic bug where you have to roll back the chain. Fun fact: Bitcoin has had the chain roll backed, uh, which is which is crazy because they yell at Ethereum for doing it. For way, the back, way, way back, in the way, way back in the way day. Way back in the day. Way back in the day. Yes. But yes. Um, uh, and so. If a multi-client system is a decentralized, anti-fragile system, but Prism is such a good client that everyone is using Prism to stake. Uh, and so Prism has this outsized share. Uh, just because they made a really good piece of software, they have an outsized share of the Ethereum to clients. And so there's this conversation happening in the Ethereum space about how do we get more people to stake not using Prism. Uh, and it's a victim of its own success. It's a victim I mean, of its Prism own success. Prism is just really right. good. Uh, and so, uh, but the thing is, we have incentives baked into the Ethereum protocol, uh, which I think is what you're about to pull up next. Uh, this well, is a- the problem is these incentives are almost disincentives. So it's a bit more stick than carry. Carrot. But like, yes, yeah, this is true. What, what are these disincentives? What is the stick? Right. Okay. So in the event of a client failure, if there's ever a bunch of nodes that all go down at the same time, slashing happens. And if everyone who's on Prism all goes down at the same time, everyone is getting slashed if there's a client failure. And because it, Prism is disproportionately a high, a high uh, portion of the clients, they get slashed disproportionately because we want to incentivize. It's like amplified. Yes, it's amplified. It's like an amplification yes. right. effect. That There's happens. like a, a crowd penalty. Like, oh, are you yes. staking with everyone else and everyone else, went, their nodes went down? Well, you should have been staking with like fewer people. Maybe you should have been staking on Lodestar or Nimbus where there isn't the amplification penalty. Uh, and so staking on Lodestar, you don't have any loss if you if there is a, like a, a client-wide slashing event. Um, and with Nimbus, which is the next most uh, used client, like it's only a little bit by comparison. Uh, and so these are, these are these natural incentives to balance the resources of the Ethereum ecosystem to make sure that it stays decentralized over the long term. And this is just what good incent- mechanism design looks like. Um, so if you are running a, a node on Prism, know that this risk to you exists because you are staking in the same exact way that everyone else is. And perhaps you should, you know, get out of the crowded room and go to the more empty room.
Yeah, I, d I do think that this is uh, sort of a PSA, right? And particularly for exchanges, would love to see more client diversity with the, the Coinbase's and Krakens of the world um, doing this. So, uh, you know, hopefully they are factoring these risks into the equation because the risk amplification, if they're all using some of the top clients like a Prism mm -hmm. or Tecu, right. is just drastic. It's going to cost a lot more money in the event of slashing. Um, of course, I feel like some of this conversation is a little premature, too, because yeah. we haven't yet gotten to the merge, okay? Everyone's right. ETH is still sort of locked in the beacon change, so that's another catalyst that could shake things up and change it all around. I'm hopeful for that. But there's a conversation about how if this like disproportionate weighting towards PRISM actually might delay the merge because it's unsafe to merge when there is a supermajority of, of stake, so that is up in the air. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't personally. I don't think it'll delay anything, but um, yeah, that that is a conversation that I've seen. Um, let's talk about layer two, David. Oh, our favorite I love subject. It. Oh, oh, here we go. Twenty twenty two. Yep, <sighs> yep. Layer two time. All right, <laughs> we'll get you going. Uh, Binance users are now now able to deposit and withdraw ETH to and from Arbitrum. That's our fiat on ramp. Love it. Binance love it. starting to support Arbitrum, and uh, another victim of its own success. <laughs> They had, so they had to stop it. They had to stop it. Like, do you know not, why they had to they had to stop, Ryan? No, this happened very quickly. Like in a few days, they just had it on and they turned it off. Why they turned it off? The answer why they turned it off because they ran out of ETH because everyone withdrew <laughs> to Optim or to Arbitrum, and so they had they they need to like get their 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 ferry of ETH from the main name back to Arbitrum so users of Binance can go from uh, from Binance to Arbitrum. It was so successful that Binance ran out of ETH on Arbitrum. Uh, so uh, Coinbase, Brian Armstrong, I know you're listening. Take note, like there's user demand to exit from exchanges onto layer twos. Pre please do it. Please do it. Layer two, layer two twenty. Brian, I have your number. Let's Don't make, make me happen. text you. <laughs> I will. Optimism. Optimism <laughs> as well. They're getting an Ave implementation. So Love it looks it. like Ave is getting set to deploy on uh, Optimism. Again, layer two is happening. Ave uh, also, also on Arbitrum. On Arbitrum. Yep. Love it. <laughs> Ave on Ave. Ave, <laughs> Ave everywhere. on Optimism and Arbitrum right now. Um, Ave coming to ZK Sync. Love That's it. what's happening in the Argent wallet. Love it. That just went live this week. Um, also, optimism continuing to drive improvements. There's so much optimization. I'm optimistic optimism optimizations. All right. They just shaved 30% okay. off their average transaction fee this week. And uh, this is not, there might be more coming. This is not the 30% shaved off of transaction fees that we reported on last week. That was a yeah. different time. This is another 30% <laughs> off of transaction fees, off of optimism. Uh, uh, so an, an ERC-20 token transfer or excuse me, an ETH transfer on our optimism, almost below a dollar, almost below a dollar. And there is still plenty of room for even further fee reductions on layer and They're two. all competing with each other. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's so great. just they're it's all so competing so each other L2 to drive down two, prices. Two, two, yep. two, 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 two. Uh, hot protocol. Yep. One billion in volume transferred. Mm -hmm. This is just six months after launching. People using bridges. Mm -hmm. Uh, How long will it take them to reach 100 billion? Is the question. Um, next this year, this year, 100. Definitely this uh, year. Also, definitely, if you haven't used the Hop Bridge before, uh, go do it. Just farm the airdrop. Like, <laughs> they they don't have a token. They're going to release a token. How are they going to release a token? Is from people using the bridge. Go use the Hop Bridge. Go from Ethereum to Optimism. Go from Optimism to Arbitrum. Go do other things. Uh, and then, I don't know, just end up back on Ethereum. Just start farming these airdrops. Why aren't you doing this? Uh, is Hop on I'm there? looking at the probability. Uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, 34%. According to Polymarket, yeah. the probability this quarter is 
that Hop will release an airdrop. I think they should really do extend this out for the whole entire year. I don't know. And, and I guess they need the markets to settle, but they should really uh, extend the, the markets to a, a one-year yeah, time frame. Yeah, I'm sure they will. But, you know, that's your probability this quarter, according to the prediction market. Um, let's go to NFT land, David. This is huge news. Absolutely monumental news. Facebook and Instagram adding NFT functionality. They want to help you create, that's minting, and sell NFTs in addition to, of course, displaying your favorite NFTs. This is super big news from my perspective. What do you think of this? Yeah, I'd like to know the details. Uh, I did not actually read this article. Apologies. Uh, but uh, There's not much in the article. It's just more of a stub yeah, like, because it's, it links to a Financial Times article. It's kind of vague, but Meta's doing something. They're probably going to use their Novi wallet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, and it's not certain that this is like going to happen on open blockchain systems. Like maybe it'll be part of the, you know, the Facebook blockchain or something like this. Um, but from my perspective, this is still massive adoption, right. massive surface area for NFTs. Yeah. This kind of feels like a, Hey, we're doing stuff too. an announcement, uh, in, in this article, you can, you can see, it, um, uh, Instagram leader, Adam Missouri said in December that his social network was actively exploring NFTs. The technology is on the company's mind. At least it sounds like they haven't completely settled with what they want to do. They just are telling the market that like, yo, we're totally doing NFT stuff as soon as we figure out what that is. <laughs> Do you think they're also doing that thing where they're testing the waters? Like they yeah. let stuff leak. Yeah, see if they're going to get the canceled market, or not. How the market yeah. responds. Yeah, mm -hmm. something like this. And yeah. then yeah. I keep on forgetting that people like to cancel not. people over NFTs. I forgot about that. <laughs> that's happening. Yeah, that's yeah, a thing. Right. Uh -huh. um, Irene Dow. Irene Dow. That's been a thing over the weekend as well. What is this? What is going on? I've called. Yeah, I've heard people refer to this as SimFi. SimFi. Yeah. So uh, Irene is a individual. I don't know who she was before this, uh, but she has made a bunch of NFTs. NFTs of her in like you know attractive attire uh, and you know very very pretty uh, and has made a bunch of NFTs and she has made Irene Dow so there's a Discord and so like basically she's just targeting all the simps of the world to get her to buy her <laughs> NFTs. The floor price is 1.4 ETH. Uh, Mike Novogratz bought one. A few other people have bought one. So like people are starting to buy these just because like it's kind of like a. Do you have one? I do, I do not have Ryan, please, <laughs> please, sir. Not an Irene sir. simp. Not an Irene simp. No. I mean, I'm down to be a simp for someone, but I don't. I don't know who Irene is. I want to. Okay. I, I want to choose who I'm going to be a simp for. Uh, Our not, show notes say uh, would be fun for David to explain what a simp is to Ryan. Oh, okay. okay right. So I didn't put this in there. Right. Must be Luke. Our editor that's, puts that's this Luke, in there. Luke, Luke. Okay. Ryan. Okay. I know. What a simp is all right i understand luke what a simp is actually what is a simp short for maybe i need to have a what a simp is <laughs> uh, what is what is simp i'm, I'm googling this right what is simp uh, short for uh oh i won't be reading that out loud <laughs> 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 All right. Well, that's what's going on. A, a, I don't know. A simp is somebody who is basically like somebody that just like uh, does anything and or everything for like a, a girl, right? Like, oh, like, like they, they're super interested in like, oh, it doesn't I'll, have to I'll be I'll a girl, does it? I, th I think so. I mean, are are we um, Ethereum simps? Oh, we are. Are huge, we Vitalik simps? Huge, huge <laughs> Ethereum simps. That's exactly okay. right. Okay. Yeah, but like it's supposed to be for like the opposite gender. Like, oh, I'll go get your coffee. I'll go like I'll hold the door open for you. I'll cook. I'll cook you dinner. Like I think like stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on, uh, China is getting into the NFT scene, okay? Uh, Bitcoin bad, NFTs good, as long as it's deployed on the national China blockchain network. Mm. That's what's going on. In which case, 
is it an NFT? Right. Per discussion right. last week, we right. talked about the flow chain. Right. It's just a JPEG. If you don't have property rights. property rights, it's just a JPEG. If your property rights are dependent on a nation state that can censor you, those are weak property rights. Right. Uh, I don't know. I think some people get worried when they see this about nation states co-opting NFTs and co-opting Web3. Um, I don't personally because of the protocol sync thesis, right? I think all of this ultimately has to settle, ultimately has to cl collapse to the most credibly neutral decentralized layer at the very bottom. So this is just onboarding for open permissionless mm -hmm. chains, I think, I hope. But do you think that's a real threat? You think this gets co-opted by nation states? <sighs> At the end of the day, like I don't really care too much about JPEGs getting co-opted by nation states because you, you can do, still do stuff by like trading them. And like if all things get co-opted, like JPEGs aren't really the worst. Um, but yeah. but keep in mind NFTs like they're starting as JPEGs, but like right. we believe they're yeah. going to be like turn into fundamental identity. property yeah, in the right. metaverse, yeah. identity, all sorts of things. I mean, it's not any more like like centralized than China already was. So there's that. There's that gap coming in the NFT world, uh, releasing their first line of NFTs on the Tezos blockchain. So uh, retailers joining the fray. What's this about? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's it. NFT mania. Gap, gap that's what it's NFT about. on Tezos. Uh, end story. You want to hear something weird? Oh, dystopian. God, here, here we go. Walmart is quietly preparing to enter the metaverse. The metaverse. The Walmart metaverse. The Walmart. <laughs> How does that sound? <laughs> the metaverse you? we have at home. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, it just sounds awful to me. Um, the Walmart metaverse, but I guess they're filing trademarks. They did, that's, I'm not that's sure. That's the news. It's the most more. boomer way to get into the metaverse. They filed trademarks. That's the, that's the end of the story. <laughs> Someone tell them they don't actually have to file tra trademarks <laughs> to build on the metaverse, please. Okay, this is um, the big story. This is yeah, the big one. I don't know why we buried this. This yeah. is the big one. What is this, David? Microsoft buys Activision Blizzard, World, World of Warcraft, Diablo, uh, Starcraft, that game studio, also Call of Duty. Uh, that is getting bought by Microsoft at something like 40% above the share price at the time when this was 69 released. billion 69 yeah. billion dollars nice um and so uh, microsoft getting into the metaverse via just an acquisition of a gaming company uh i mean activision blizzard hadn't even gotten into the metaverse yet uh whatever again whatever that even means i don't even know um but uh, microsoft wants to be into digital worlds and digital realms and so maybe this is injecting metaverse type stuff into activision blizzard yeah, this valuation, this is more than a game purchase, it feels like, right? It's more strategic than that. This fe this feels like more than a just a game acquisition for kind of their Xbox platform, Microsoft, you know, game game studios. This feels to me at this kind of premium is this is a play for the metaverse. This mm -hmm. is a right. um they are following you know, into the metaverse. Yeah, they're they're trying to chase after whatever Zuckerberg and crew are doing Probably. on the meta side of things, on the Facebook side of things. Um but you think it means uh you think this is going to be a trend this year? Oh, yeah. I, this is my tweet. I said, uh, you know, blank, public company enters the metaverse will be the headline of 2022. Uh, and then I followed that up with my ETH maxi take. Uh, might as well read public company buys ETH because it's kind of the same <laughs> thing. Yeah, definitely. To the extent it's going to be built on uh, Ethereum. Um, Coinbase partnering with MasterCard to let users buy NFT via cards. That sounds cool. What's happening? Yeah, so uh, uh, Coinbase has their NFT platform, their 2B release NFT platform. And fortunately, uh, MasterCard has categorized NFTs as digital goods. 
so because of that, you can buy them with MasterCard. So making it compliant to buy crypto things. You can't buy like things like Bitcoin or Ether or cryptocurrencies with a credit card. That would be bad, also irresponsible. But you can buy NFTs because MasterCard has called them, classified them as digital goods. Uh, so cool, we can now buy NFTs with our MasterCard. Uh, and as soon as Coinbase opens up their NFT platform, we'll be able to do it there. That's awesome. Uh, breaking into mainstream, here's another story of that. So Budweiser mm. just purchased, I believe, a Nouns, uh, Noun, nouns, a nouns NFT. out of NounDAO, yeah. Mm -hmm. From NounsDAO. This is sort of the, um, I don't know, this, is, this has some of the pedigree and s some of the valuations uh, that rival CryptoPunks, right? I know mm -hmm. it's not as mainstream. There are far fewer Noun right. DAOs. I believe one is released every day. One That's Noun sort of how per day. There's a bid on it. I think the bids are like 50 to 60 ETH per Noun just because I don't know how they got that, that valuation so quickly, but they did, so great. Right. So Budweiser doing it, yeah. obviously for some social cachet, for some street cred, for some brand awareness, for some coolness. And I believe are planning to incorporate nouns in a Super Bowl ad, yeah. right? Yeah. Like Budweiser like, dominating Super Bowl ads. This is IP for one of their ads. Super cool. Whoever is in Budweiser, like advertising or leading Budweiser or Bud Light, it's actually Bud Light, uh, which I think are the same thing. Whoever's doing yeah, that, like thing. killer job because it's not. They didn't do the very basic thing of just buying a board ape. They went for announced out. That is some like deep NFT knowledge. Uh, so like, dude, like. Whoever's leading Bud Light, give that person a raise first off, and they're probably, you know, they're probably a reader <laughs> of Metaversal. I would say. I bet you they really uh, read uh, William Peaster stuff. I bet you they they got to. I mean, William Peaster is a big noun fan, so yes, um, yes. yeah, yeah. Maybe it's that. This mm. is pretty. This is pretty obscure. This is pretty deep. This yes. is pretty niche. Right. This is a good move. Uh, this is a good move. This, this is a very strong indication. Like, yo, we are actually cool. We are not just like the hey fellow kids. Exactly. They're yeah. not just buying another board aid, right? right? Yeah. This is uh, mm -hmm. this is deep crypto stuff. This is real crypto, crypto NFT stuff, culture. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Stuff. So how how many how many uh, crypto commercials do you think we'll see at the Super Bowl? Oh. What's your guess? At least two. At okay, least two. I'm gonna go with five. Oh fuck! Wow. Oh, I think there's gonna be five. Like <laughs> and. And so I'm including something like this that's Budweiser that adds nouns to out when I when I total five. But yeah, I think it's at least five. Cool. I think that's a low estimate. Cool. Poly market. Let's get this up and running. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, this is cool too. Mm -hmm. uh, so rare. They just added Serena Williams to their board of advisors. So rare, of course, is a um, NFT trading card platform. It's really for soccer, really Fan for football. Fantasy football, right? Fantasy, Fantasy food football. football. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and it's it's built on top of layer two technology. Yeah. Super cool. Um, huge. ZK roll up on Europe. Ethereum. ZK roll up on Ethereum. Now, Serena Williams uh, jumping on the board. Th this is kind of a question. I think we'll see more athletes do this, uh, more influencers do this, get into the NFT scene. I think she's really blazing a trail here, so that's cool. Or maybe we're just simping for Serena Williams. We wanted the podcast. That's why we mentioned this. Well, I accidentally <laughs> talked shit because uh, Serena Williams recently put a board ape as her profile picture. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, well, there goes that. <laughs> yeah, oh well. <laughs> Some post-show editing here. Yeah. Uh, last thing on the NFT category. What's this, David? Solana NFT's total sale volume crosses $1 billion. Congrats to the Solana NFT ecosystem. I don't know, actually, what is like the OpenSea version of Solana? Like, where do you go to trade? It's a whole, it's a whole different set of apps. Yeah. Like, it's a whole different uh, world over there. Yeah. Although, I think OpenSea is going to... I mean, they're going yeah. to support cross-chain, yeah, multi-chain, L2. Yeah. yeah, so we'll see how long all of that lasts. Uh, Bitcoin world, just two quick things. The first is Jack just announced that Block, formerly known as Square, 
is officially building an open Bitcoin mining system. I feel like he already announced that, but maybe we're announcing it again. Uh, and also, <laughs> the Cash it. app is integrating Lightning Network, letting US users send Bitcoin globally for free. Cash app of Block, formerly Square, going all in on Bitcoin. Still seems kind of weird that it's just Bitcoin. <laughs> like, I'm glad, I'm glad do you Bitcoin, said it. <laughs> but like also do all of the other things. Right. right. I feel like maximalism holds people back a little totally bit. Dude. And it's any a, form of maximalism, okay? It, ETH maximalism, Bitcoin maximalism, maximalism will hold you back in this space. Bitcoin, innovating on Bitcoin miners is just not where it's at in 2022. <laughs> like, come on, Jack. Uh, but also come on the podcast but also come on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) last thing for you on the regulatory side of things I guess this is more crypto banking side of things there was a breach at Mm -hmm. crypto.com at first there were reports 15 million dollars was stolen in this heist looks like it's closer to 33 million dollars the CEO of crypto.com confirmed this do you know what's going on here? Uh, no, and neither do they. This is a quote from the article. It is not yet known how the hacker was able to steal the funds from Crypto.com, but the exchange first announced that some users were reporting suspicious activities on their accounts on January 17th. At the time, the exchange stated that it was going to pause withdrawals while it was investigating the matter. Uh, and so, yeah, kind of big, big loss here. Uh, with over $30 million in collective BTC and ETH. Uh, the, uh, the Ether on Ethereum got washed through Tornado Cash. Uh, and so, uh, poof, it's gone. Um, amazing. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry to crypto.com and anyone affected by this. Uh, my conspiracy is inside job. Inside job. Interesting. Yeah. Many of them are. Yeah. Not your keys, not your crypto. Yeah. If you have funds parked in crypto.com, I think for this size of uh, a hack, of course, everyone will be fine. Mm-hmm. Crypto.com is like printing right. money these days yeah. through all yeah. sorts of means. So it's going to be fine for this type of a hack. But you know, it's been a long time since we we talked about uh, a major exchange getting hacked. Can you imagine if like Coinbase was hacked, David? Mm-hmm. What That'd a dark bad. day that would be for be crypto. Bad. We haven't talked Coinbase about things like that. Coinbase has just... actually uh, gotten hacked very, very, very in their early days. And, as a, and I think that's actually a, a good thing because they started to take security very, very seriously, very, very early, and they have not been hacked since. So I actually kind of think, like, I consider Coinbase as, like, basically never have gotten hacked before because, like, it, it almost doesn't count when they started in, like, 2011 or 2012 or something, 2013. Yep. Uh, it's like they were just, like, the three-person startup on, like, a laptop. And then, and then boom, as soon as they got any sort of traction, like, they have been fantastically secure ever since. Uh, also, Gem- also, also, Gemini has not been hacked either. So congrats It's also them. good that we had uh, Mount Gox happen yes, so early yes. in crypto's history. Right. That just kind of right. you know shook many generations but we're, we're mm. kind of far removed from that yep. um anyway i'm not wishing anything bad it's happening it's nope. just no if you have your funds in an exchange yep. that could be susceptible to something like this yep. guys we will be right back with the takes of the week and of course the meme of the week but before we do we want to thank the sponsors that made this episode possible polygon is ethereum's largest and most vibrant scaling solution to date With millions of monthly users and all of the biggest DeFi apps, the Polygon ecosystem has turned into a blossoming metropolis of DeFi activity. Transactions on Polygon are quick and cheap, allowing users the freedom to achieve their DeFi goals, all while being economically anchored to Ethereum. 
But Polygon isn't just the proof-of-stake sidechain. The Polygon team is building a suite of scaling solutions, including Polygon Hermes, Maiden, Nightfall, and Zero, all with different design choices in order to be optimized for all possible crypto use cases. If you're a developer who wants to build on the Polygon ecosystem, go to the link in the show notes to check out their fantastic documentation. And if you're a user who just wants to experience fast and cheap DeFi, you can bridge over your ETH or other tokens and start playing around with any of the thousands of applications that are available on Polygon. The Layer 2 era is upon us. Ethereum's Layer 2 ecosystem is growing every day, and we need L2 bridges to be fast and efficient in order to live a Layer 2 life. Across is the fastest and cheapest and most secure cross-chain bridge. With Across, you don't have to worry about the long wait times or high fees to get your assets back to the Layer 1. Assets are bridged and available for use almost instantaneously. Across's bridges are powered by UMA's optimistic Oracle to securely transfer tokens from Layer 2 back to Ethereum. Across is critical ecosystem infrastructure and ownership is being handed over to the community. You can be a part of this story of Across by joining the Discord and becoming a co-founder and helping to design the Fair Fair launch of Across. If you want to bridge your assets quickly and securely, Go to across.to to bridge your assets between ETH, Optimism, Arbitrum, or Boba Networks. Bankless is proud to be sponsored by Uniswap. Uniswap is a new paradigm in asset exchange infrastructure. Instead of a cumbersome order book system where trades are matched with other humans, Uniswap is an autonomous piece of software on Ethereum that lets you trade any token at the current market price. No human counterparties or centralized intermediaries, just autonomous code on Ethereum input the token you want to sell and receive the token you want to buy. The Uniswap Grants Program is accepting applications for grants. Do you have something of value that you think you want to contribute to the Uniswap ecosystem? No matter how big or small your idea is, you can apply for a unique grant at uniswapgrants.org and help steer Uniswap in the direction that you think it should go. Thank you, Uniswap, for sponsoring Bankless. All right, guys, we are back with the takes of the week. The first is this, a property versus utility. And this is an image you're going to have to describe for podcast listeners. What are we looking at? Yeah, so uh, we have BTC and ETH uh, side by side. BTC is a square representing a plot of land. And then next to it is Ether, also a square representing a plot of land. But on Ether square is a cube indicating that you can build something on it. And I <laughs> actually really just enjoy this visual metaphor. Um, it's very simple. The, Remember when uh, the few understand a meme was uh, uh, pr uh, proliferating around crypto Twitter? You remember? Do you remember how that came about, Ryan? No, I was actually going to ask, did that come from DeFi circles or Bitcoiner circles? That or? came from Bitcoiner circles. That came from okay. Pierre Richard, who said that uh, Bitcoin is real estate on the internet, internet real estate, in implying like, yo, there's like, it's the native currency of the internet. There's only 21 million units. Therefore, it's like digital real estate on the internet. And, and then he said, few understand. And that's what started the few understand meme. Um, uh, and then a bunch of people started making fun of that because this was a ridiculous metaphor because you can't actually build anything on that real estate. And no, it's not real estate. It's just tokens. It's just a token. It's not a real estate. Anyways, you can actually build stuff on Ethereum. Uh, and so it is the same surface area like Bitcoin. It's, Ethereum has the same surface area. But if we're using this real estate metaphor, like you can actually build stuff on your land on Ethereum. Uh, so I just, I just enjoyed this metaphor. Yeah, that's cool. You're literally building things on the, on the blocks, on yep. the blocks themselves. That's exactly right. Uh, oh, what's God, this? this? This was great. <laughs> okay, so uh, this, is, um, this is a brand new PFP project that got spun up. And uh, somebody kind of did, a, did an oopsies. If you want to click on that first image, uh, uh, the first one, yeah. We have this brand new woman do Women's Doodle Society coming off of the success of Doodle's NFT. 
Uh, and Women's Doodle Society tweeted out, something very special is coming soon. Please follow us and don't miss out, you know, implying they're going to start off their PFP uh, pro, uh, NFT profile picture. And then somebody with an actual doodle says, yo, there's still a Fiverr watermark on your PFP. <laughs> so like this Women's Doodle Society just went to Fiverr and just like, yo, like, can you make us some, uh, some uh, NFT uh, images and literally didn't even pay for it because it's still watermarked, right? Exactly, it's still watermarked. Also, the the other thing about this is that this picture that we're looking at right here, somebody took a a photograph of their screen, and you can tell because of like the striations right around the mouth. Like Dear that is God. a picture of a screen. So I mean, that's not a screenshot. That is somebody with their phone taking a picture of their screen. So that person is a boomer. That is what a boomer looks like. <laughs> this is terrible. This is absolutely like, you know, uh, this, you know, late stage capitalism is mm -hmm. kind of that, that meme. This is like late stage late, late meme stage. market. Yeah. This is what happens. I mean, does this feel a little toppy to you? Yeah, super. But like I've been feeling, I've been feeling top signals for roughly a year now. So I've stopped, I've started ignoring them. Well, but I think we've come to a place where there can be top signals in various markets, right? But like not others. And mm -hmm. so maybe this is a top signal in like um, cloned PFP NFT oh, yeah. segment yeah. of the market, right? Totally. But it doesn't mean that all NFTs have top signaled as a result of this. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Let's talk about this. Uh, a take from Speaking someone of top on signals. Twitter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Another. This is late. If that was late stage NFT, this is late stage DeFi. And what happens mm -hmm. in late stage DeFi? I think this tweet is maybe summing up the current Zeke guys. Do you want to read this out? Yeah, this uh, is from Emilio, who says, the current state of the new wave of DeFi, He's talking about the newer newer DeFi apps that have come out, uh, come out about. One, individuals worshipped like gods. Two, burner addresses uh, with keys controlled by the founders. Uh, three, multi-million rugs shaken off like it was nothing. Four, DAO members doing whatever they want with the protocol treasuries. And then Emilio finishes up saying, needless to say, this is not what I signed up for. Uh, and I mean, Ryan and I are definitely DeFi boomers. We kind of stick to like the DeFi 1.0 apps, I'd say, like Maker, uh, Compound, Aave, the thing, Uniswap, the things that came about while we were paying attention to, to Ethereum during the bear market. And there's just been like a newer wave of these DeFi apps, which are just like kind of not our vibe, I'd say. Um, just a little bit more like. I would yeah. say, so for me personally, I would say some of them are, some of them aren't, so, right? Yeah, but like, yeah. uh -huh. but what this was, what this tweet tweet summed up is individuals worship like gods, multi-million dollar rug, shaking, like people yeah. taking all of these excessive risks. Right. There is an element of some aspects of DeFi 2.0 that I totally don't vibe with, right? Yeah. What I love in DeFi 2.0 is seeing uh, builders building new things. What I don't love is this whole vibe of like, uh, you know, F everything, like we're just going to uh, build until it breaks mm -hmm. and do what we want with treasuries. And like, that's, that's, that's a vibe that I definitely don't resonate with. And that's the part that feels late stage. I actually thought this, um, this reply yeah, from Mark that kind too. of summed it up. We have the bull market and we have the bear market, he says. In between them, we have cringe markets. When stuff like this is normal, Bear will clean it up. Cringe markets. Wow, we have got to use that. I'm going to be using that moving forward. In that's where we are. Market? That's totally where we. I feel like we are right now. We are well, right in the middle of cringe market. Are you wishing for a bear market then to clean some of this up, as Mark says? Like I, wishing for a bear market wishes for people's money to go down in a way, and I would Which never wish. Want? Which I would never wish. But like I also at the same time, like if, if, if anyone who's listening to this feels like they're late into crypto, like and you're like looking at your portfolio saying like, oh, please moon, please moon, please moon. You actually want a bear market. A bear market is where like if you have conviction, you stick around. You also buy assets at much lower prices. You learn who your friends are. Real products get built with real innovations. You also have time to understand these things before the market moves on. Like 
bear markets are blessings. It's a blessing. It's yeah. a blessing. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. But then, but then you're poor, so that sucks. <laughs> I too am bullish on bear markets because I'm bullish. I'm bullish on bear markets. Yeah, you're t- you're poor temporarily. But mm-hmm. but the one thing you know, uh, I saw I saw this um, thread tw- uh, thread in crypto um, Reddit. I think it was something like, um, "Are crypto markets going to come back?" And the truth is, some of them will, and some of them won't. Yeah. So like, you also have to be very cautious of of what you're buying, what you're investing in. This is why we continuously harp on uh, evaluation of like fundamentals, right? Mm-hmm. The stuff doesn't tend to ma- fundamentals don't tend to matter during bull runs, but in the bear market. They certainly do. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess the safest move overall is uh, just to escape to uh, to fiat for some period of time. But um, yeah, you know, that's what we're dealing with. Fiat and hard money and yield. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Uh, the SEC, the good old SEC. This was my take. Do you want to read it out? Yeah. Uh, this guy, Ryan Sean Adams, says, if the SEC deemed ETH a security in 2022, it would probably be the end of the SEC, not Ethereum, which <laughs> is just like so Chad, awesome. It's a little cheeky. It's a little cheeky, right? Uh, I just oh, think I so. Loved it. So he, here's the thing. I, I feel like um, institutions have the most to lose from a credibility perspective, right? And there was talk over the weekend that I saw of uh, maybe you know, Gary Gensler, maybe the SEC coming out and saying something about Ethereum being a security, right? Like he- very heavy-handed move on the entire industry. Uh, and the reason I don't think they'll do this is because I legitimately believe that would be the beginning of the end for the SEC, right? That is such an erosion of the credibility of their institution. And let's remember, all of these government regulatory bodies, they are institutions. They are social institutions governed by the people, right? And if they start to lose their credibility in major ways, you know, like that's an existential threat for them. And uh, to, to make this kind of a move to call ETH a security, which is why I'm not worried about it. I don't think they'll do this. They don't want to uh, ruin their legitimacy and credibility, but like, uh, it's just not going to happen. And if it did happen, uh, Ethereum would come out of it more unscathed than the SEC right. on the other side of this thing. Like Ethereum's not going away because a government body says it's a security. Right. Yeah. And like, I dare them to try first off. Also, I don't. That- they should just play nice. Just be nice, SEC. Yeah. Like we could all help America. Like just, um, you don't have to do this. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. And I don't the, know if they're doing it, but the no, they're definitely not. This is just like a conversation. That, yeah, it's that just a conversation. Yeah. Crypto Twitter. Um, it's just one of those things where like, uh, it would it would the emperor would be revealed to have no clothes, as in like, oh, you deemed Ethereum a security, and like no one cares because, and we're still doing our all of our Ethereum stuff. Like, like, do you think I I would like to see if Coinbase would actually delist Ether from the exchange if they did that or if they would leave it up as a protest? Like I well, think I think it would show a security, how little then power is. has. Yeah, yeah, then yeah everything true. is right? right. Well, Bitcoin has a, a case where it Bitcoin. wouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, this is your take, David. Yeah, this is not really a take. It's, it's a me just kind of front running what I'm excited about. But uh, I tweeted out, ETH Denver is one month away. I can already feel my heart getting warm. I'm just so happy to have ETH Denver around the corner. It's a great conference, great vibes. I'm uh, just stoked to see everyone there. Well, this g- goes into what you're excited about. So let me ask you, what are you excited about, ETH Denver yeah. in particular? What's the pitch uh, for someone to come to ETH Denver? ETH Denver is just pure signal. If you are just fatigued from just the noise of a bull market or what we are now calling cringe market, like (laughs) ETH Denver is the opposite of that. Like everyone who's at ETH Denver 
like has like wants to be there for the right reasons. It's very deep crypto culture, very true to the ethos. Uh, it's just an absolute blast. It feels something like it's a hackathon. First off, there's a bunch of developers on their laptops like hacking away, and as like a non-dev, it's kind of nice just to like watch them be like, oh yeah, keep going, guys. Like keep building, <laughs> keep building the <laughs> thank stuff. Thank you. Um, thank you for your service. Um, and it's just like it's a festival. It's a cultural festival of just like crypto culture, which is which is lovely. There's after parties. There's there's a bunch of like, you're gonna meet friends if you want crypto friends and you don't and you're talking your, the ear off of your family and your friends and they're tired of you go to East Denver's because you can find some other crypto people that can talk about crypto more than you can uh, and that's actually just one of the things I'm excited about Ryan uh, the other thing I'm excited about is uh, I did a layer zero with uh, Santiago Siri Santi Siri uh, on uh, on Twitter people might know him uh, big Argentine community member doesn't live in Argentina currently but um, when Vitalik was going around Argentina recently and telling that story about how um, Argent, uh, Argentines are using Binance to, to transfer money. Like that kind of story got, got um, went around the Twitter sphere recently. It was Santi that was like with Vitalik, like, you know, guiding him around the country. It's like, hey, we're going to go talk to these people. Like, we're going to go, like, who do you want to go talk to? What part of the communities? Uh, so, uh, and he's watched Argent Argentina go from like a very we wealthy, highly just like uh, great, great country, like with lots of agriculture and then the money broke, the inflation happened, the corruption in the government happened. He watched the downfall of Argentina and he is now watching the rise of crypto society in Argentina, wow. where it's not, it's not like, you know, normal society uh, are, that we consider normal inside the US where you have like normal society and crypto people. Crypto people are society in Argentina. Like it is hmm. completely just rampant as like a movement in Argentina. And I've always had held Argentina close to my heart, just I think for reasons like that. Um, Really a lot of made great me people from Argentina too great, that I've yeah. met in crypto over the years. Mm -hmm. Shout out Mariano Conti. Um, yeah, so the, I want everyone to go listen to the Layer Zero that comes out on Tuesday with uh, Santiago Siri. That's awesome, man. I can't wait mm -hmm. to listen to it. Yeah. Ryan, what are you excited about? Uh, look, it's this thing, Instagram doing NFTs. I think that's a massive deal. deal. Like we called it over the summer. Um, you know, in August, we wrote this post. Uh, where we said Twitter is just the first. This is when Twitter announced that they were doing something with NFTs. They're just the first. You know what happens next? Competition among social media platforms will ramp up. YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, the metaverse will consume them all. Uh, this is the Web3 space race. And we're really seeing it happen. And what I'm blown away by is how fast this happened. Like this is happening at warp speed, especially when you compare it to DeFi, right? So the incumbents, the, the groups that should feel threatened by this, they're jumping aboard. It's taken much longer for the incumbents in the finance world, like the banks of the world to embrace DeFi. But in uh, Web3, Web2 is just embracing it. They're just helping us roll out Web3. And that's amazing. And when I tweeted this out, some people were saying, well, but you know, Facebook's the enemy, right? Meta, Instagram, this is the enemy. But we always go back to that thing of if they adopt crypto protocols, they adopt crypto values. Oh, right? that line gives me shivers. Right? That's how like that's how that's how we win. So this is an example of crypto winning. Now other people said, okay, but what if Facebook is not actually using an open permissionless chain? What if they're using their own layer one? Or I, I just say like let them, yeah. okay? I mean, that's fine. You can be AOL. You can mail CDs to everyone's house and onboard them to the fake internet so that they eventually onboard to the real internet, right? That That's what's going to happen because they can't persist in a closed ecosystem. I'm very bullish on the protocol sync thesis that ultimately all of this value, all of the 
people that Web2 onboards will come into the real Web3 uh, economy in the world. And uh, they, they won't stop at property rights owned by Facebook. You know, they won't settle for that. They want real property rights that they own on a public permissionless open system like Ethereum. So I'm excited about that. Like this is Trojan horse stuff. Crypto's winning. And this is exactly mm-hmm. how we win. Super bullish. Yeah. I feel like crypto's already won. It's just a, a we're waiting for the rest of the world to realize it. I think so. Yeah. Uh, right. Speaking of, which, of the week, time? meme of the week. You ready? Here we go. Time for we, the we got to two this week. We got two memes, memes of the week. They're both fantastic. Right. What's the first one? Explain this. <laughs> All right. So for the for the viewers, we have the Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, uh, Duck Season, Rabbit Season meme. Except it's uh, Alt Season or L two Season. Like, what's it going to be? Is it all L one Season or is it Layer Two Season? Uh, I know where I've placed my bets. I think listeners wouldn't need me to say that, but. Um, alt layer one or layer two. Is this also a or comment both. about? Or is both. this also a comment about narrative rotation though too? Because we see a well-known yeah. trader in this meme, right? And so yeah. like you can kind of rotate from alt L one season to L two season, and I think this is implying that L two season is next from a narrative perspective. Yeah. Um, not to be mean, but I'd like to know if uh, Three Arrows Capital invested in either Arbitrum or Optimism. I don't think they did, and so therefore they are on the Alt Layer One season camp. I think they've got some Starkware though. They do have Starkware. They do have Starkware. So there's that. What's and the okay, second meme? All right, <laughs> here's here's where I think my bets are. So this this is uh, the, the the this we talked about this meme actually forever ago, but this I just saw this meme. I was like, wow, this is so great. Uh, this is a Pepe Frog character being childish hopping from couch a to couch b because the floor is lava but couch a is optimism and couch b is arbitrum and the floor is ethereum the ethereum mainnet he's hopping don't he's hopping from optimism to arbitrum don't touch mainnet because the mainnet's lava uh and then there's somebody saying billy have you been wormholing again implying you know <laughs> they're taking a bridge they're, they're using connects or using hop to go from layer one to layer two or excuse me from layer two to layer two uh and so i thought this was a cute meme Look, I think th- I think that's a theme for 2021, and L2-22 is the floor is lava. Main chain is lava. Mm-hmm. Main chain is so lava. get on L2, migrate while well, you mm-hmm. have a chance, when you have the chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's it. Meme of the week, we covered everything on the roll-up. Guys, as always, Bitcoin is risky, so is ETH, so is DeFi. You could lose what you put in, but we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us on the Bankless journey. Thanks a lot. Hey, we hope you enjoyed the video. If you did, head over to Bankless HQ right now to develop your crypto investing skills and learn how to free yourself from banks and gain your financial independence. We recommend joining our daily newsletter, podcast, and community as a Bankless Premium subscriber to get the most out of your Bankless experience. You'll get access to our market analysis, our alpha leaks, and exclusive content, and even the Bankless token for airdrops, raffles, and unlocks. If you're interested in crypto, the Bankless community is where you want to be. Click the link in the description to become a Bankless Premium subscriber today. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel for in-depth interviews with industry leaders, Ask Me Anythings, and weekly roll-ups where we summarize the week in crypto and other fantastic content. Thanks everyone for watching and being on the journey as we build out the Bankless Nation.